Hi, I'm Deirdre Veldon and this is Confronting Coronavirus, a daily podcast on the COVID-19 outbreak. Tourism makes a vital contribution to Ireland's economy. It's a 10 billion euro a year industry, employing over a quarter of a million people. It's a vital source of revenue and jobs outside the urban centres. The important summer season has all but been cancelled thanks to measures to contain coronavirus. In addition to looking at how those measures might be incorporated into its existing business model, the industry is trying to innovate to keep its doors open, including looking at new markets that may develop, staycationers in search of late summer options, and even chartering planes to bring tourists from the US. Connor Pope is Irish Times Consumer Affairs Correspondent. Connor, what are tourism business owners and hoteliers saying to you about how they feel about the future, about this year? Well, it's impossible to overstate the scale of the crisis that they're all facing. I mean, the tourism market in Ireland has absolutely collapsed. I was talking to people in Dublin Airport uh, a couple of days ago, and the passenger traffic through Dublin Airport is 99% down on this time last year. It is just immense. Now, and the tourism industry in this country is so important. It employs 300,000 people. It generates around 2 billion euro for the taxman in terms of uh, income tax and VAT. And, and it is one of the only, it's, it's one of the biggest employers in rural Ireland in particular. I mean, if you go to places like Kerry, Clare, uh, uh, other parts of the, of the wild Atlantic way, as many as one in five people are employed directly in the tourism industry. So when the tourism business completely collapses, everything grinds to a halt. And there was a hope in the early stages of this crisis. I remember writing about it in, in, for a piece in the Irish Times. There was a hope in the early stages of the crisis that what would happen would be that the international market would dry up, but the domestic tourists would be able to fill the gap. And that hope lasted until maybe early middle of March and then we all realized that domestic tourism was also going to be gone and in fact it won't be possible to travel more than 20 kilometers from your house until maybe July the 20th based on the current plan in place for the exiting of the lockdown. So the tourism industry if you talk to people within the tourism sector they're just holding their heads in their hands and they're, they have you know they have no concept of how to get through the current crisis and they also have no idea what the long-term impacts are going to be. So all hotels, all pubs, all restaurants are closed and they will, are virtually all hotels, restaurants and pubs and all pubs, they're all closed and they won't be open again for several weeks. So what some people in the business are saying is, listen, we're just going to write off 2020 altogether. We're not going to be able to employ people. We're not going to be able to take on the costs associated with running a business because we're not going to be able to recoup those costs between the middle of July and the end of August or the middle of September or whenever it might be. So some people are saying we're just going to have to hunker down, batten down the hatches and hope that we'll get through 2020 and then we'll start into 2021 in in, in, in a different frame of mind. Uh, and then there are some businesses that are literally champing at the bit, can't wait to get open because at least then they'll be able to start bringing in some revenue. And particularly when it comes to family businesses, that's going to be probably the, 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 the route to be taken because family businesses won't have as many overheads in terms of wages that other that other businesses might have. So the season now, uh, such as it is for this year, will be starting at a time when it would typically have been winding down in Ireland. What kind of ideas are being discussed in terms of, of that shorter season and the domestic market? 
Well, th- th- there is just so much uncertainty there as it stands that even coming up with plans is difficult. I mean, people don't know how how the restaurants will function. I mean, if you talk to restaurateurs around the country, they don't know how they're going to operate in a socially distanced world. And it's the same with uh, the hotels, because one of the things that's been been uh, stressed is that hotels all going well, all going according to plan, hotels will be able to open on a reduced occupancy basis. Uh, so we're not even sure what the reduced occupancy basis means. So it's very difficult in terms of planning. But I think one of the things that you'll see is you'll see um, people who have who are renting out holiday homes, you'll see these holiday villages, uh, you'll see those probably doing well in July, end of July, uh, and all through August, because there's an awful lot of pent-up demand in the Irish market. I mean, every virtually every Irish person who had a holiday planned for overseas in 2020 has now scrapped those plans. And as a result, you'll see people who are very anxious to just leave their own environment, leave their own homes uh, to go away. So I, I, I'm not sure exactly how hotels are going to manage in the very truncated season that they have. And some of them will just throw their hands up and say, listen, we can't manage it all. We'll just start it again next year. But I think where you, what you will see is you will see uh, self-catering accommodation doing extremely well in the weeks and months ahead. Up to now, Connor, um, a lot of those businesses, of course, had to deal with uh, cancellations and, and um, uh, the question of, you know, refunds or vouchers or whatever the case may be. How has that been handled from the Irish side? I know you have a lot of experience of um, people talking to you about um, uh, their experience of travel operators and and the airlines. But what, what about domestic um, tourism businesses? It's it's very similar. I mean, I've had a lot of uh, queries from, from readers who had events or had trips booked within Ireland. And they're now being told, listen, we can't give you your money back, but we'll give you vouchers. Uh, one of the things that has come to the fore it has been a lot of weddings have been cancelled, as you can imagine. Um, and a lot of people would have had stag and hen party trips booked away. And they're being told, listen, you have the bookings made. Uh, but we can't honour them now because obviously we can't ha- hold any kind of events, but we give you vouchers. So exactly the same things that have been happening in the international tourism market are happening in the domestic tourism market. And a lot of that is down to how the whole supply chain is built up. So the the, 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 the operator of a particular business in this country doesn't have the money to refund all of the people who want, who want to cancel. So they're desperately trying to maintain their cash reserves and they're desperately trying to offer people vouchers instead of, um, a ca- cash back. And, you know, a lot of the time people are going to have absolutely no choice but to accept that because the, the rules that are in place for domestic travel are somewhat different to the rules that are in place in, for, for international travel. And an awful lot of the time when people are traveling uh, within their own jurisdiction, for obvious reasons, they don't take out anything even re- resembling travel insurance. Um, and they might just have to accept vouchers, which in many instances won't be very much use to them. But that's just the reality in which we live. How do business owners feel, Connor, about the measures they will have to put in place uh, to to reopen safely? Uncertain is the only uh, way. I mean, if you talk to any hotelier or restaurateur in the in the country, they they they're trying to imagine a new world in which they will have to put in these measures, and it's very very hard to to, to for for any of them to 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 plot a course through that because it's just. Nobody knows how it's going to work. I mean, one of the things that brings uh, overseas tourists to Ireland for good or ill is, is the Irish pub, is the crack that you might find in an Irish pub. It's very hard to imagine crack unfolding in a pub of any kind if you have to stay two metres away from any, anybody within that pub and you have to stay cocooned in your own little cluster of people. So 
how are they managing it? How are they planning it? They're staring into the abyss and they're saying, we don't know how we can possibly function in this new world that's coming down the tracks. There may be an opportunity here, though, Connor, uh, Mike, and there for Ireland to reinvent itself as a, a destination, as an international destination. One of the big advantages that Ireland has is the low density population spread across the whole country. And if you think of the big, big achievement of Tourism Ireland in the last uh, number of years, it's been the promotion of the wild Atlantic Way and the greenways and all of these wild and rugged and largely empty places that people are being encouraged to visit. And what you might see in, in, in the year ahead, maybe two, three, four years, is people will be anxious about traveling to big cities because when you travel to a place like Paris or Rome or London um, you're, you're, you're bumping into people you're cheek by jowl with, with, with people everywhere you go and um, what so what Ireland will have a very unique selling point that Ireland will have will be an incredibly attractive and premium tourist offering that is largely devoid of other people. And that might be something that really appeals to people across Europe and even as far as the United States. They might think, I want to go on holidays, I want to experience new things, but I don't necessarily want to bump into people everywhere I go. And, you know, traveling from Donegal to Dingle, you know, you, you, you could do that and some, some days you might meet anybody. Okay, we're, we're relying a lot on, on the US market and making a comeback in 2021, Connor. Is it not the case that people will be reluctant to travel? Well, even if you, if you, if you listen to what the likes of Michael O'Leary uh, are, is saying, uh, he's saying that he doesn't anticipate the travel will be anything close to normal until 2022. And one of the things that we're going to see in the months ahead will be people will be reluctant to even travel through airports. Uh, they'll be reluctant to get on planes. Um, and I think that travel across the board will be around, if it's 30% down, in 2021 compared to uh, 2019. I think the tourism industry will think that's a good result. And an awful lot of the downturn will probably be seen in the United States. And an awful lot of people in America are, all, are, are already reluctant travelers and they're very conservative about their travel choices. And many of those people might choose to stay within their own borders in 2021. Um, and no matter what any other country does to try and coax them away from their borders, it'll be hard because of that psychological trauma that COVID-19 has wreaked upon the entire world. Connor, thanks very much. Senior Features writer Rosita Boland talked to business owners in Clare about their outlook for the months ahead. Rosita, you spent the bank holiday on assignment in Clare. What was it like wandering around tourist centres like the Cliffs of Moher and La Hinch at a time when they would normally have been very busy? So I was in Clare the weekend of the May Bank holiday. I was doing family business. I did have reasons to be in the West. I think it's it's important to say that. Um, and it was ironically, we, we always hope for beautiful weather on our bank holidays. And this was, of course, an absolutely stunning weekend with blue skies, absolutely gorgeous, still and the cliffs of Ohr looking absolutely beautiful. The sea in Little Hinch, um, all the gorse out, and not a person to be seen anywhere. So, at the at the cliffs of Ohr, I drove up to the cliffs of Ohr, and there are five hundred parking spaces in their enormous car park and twenty nine bays for coaches, and all of those were completely empty. And you know, May Day in the west of Ireland is really you know, I know that 
that St. Patrick's Day is the start of the tourism season. Usually in Dublin, though, it's, it takes longer to get going in the west of Ireland. Um, and then things get going after Easter. But really, May Day is when, um, for instance, the hotels that I went to, that's, the, that's when they start to put up their high season prices. So uh, on the way down, I uh, dropped into Dromoland Castle and I interviewed Mark Nolan there, who's been the general manager for 31 years. So he's been through many challenging experiences through 9-11 and recession and foot and mouth and many things that affected people's ability to travel. And so their hotel would have been completely full. They were due to have two weddings that weekend. Um, they have over 90 rooms and a room there in Drummoland in high season it starts at 650 euro a night plus breakfast. And so obviously they're a high-end um, offering a luxury hotel. So the uh, majority of their customers and their guests, he said, are from the American market, but they do have a, a loyal uh, domestic market who come you know in the off season they're open year round and he talked about some of the ideas that he and his colleagues in the uh, the luxury end of the hotel market in Ireland and these would be sort of you know one-off hotels like the Marion Hotel and like Ashford Castle and Ballyfin and that they had been uh, you know I suppose they'd usually be in competition to a certain extent for the same pool of guests, but people are having to think in creative ways and to uh, adapt and to see, have a guess at what I suppose the future might look like. And one of the things that they were discussing was getting together to charter planes from North America. And then I guess, you know, to share those guests out among themselves, which is, you know, kind of a fantastically extravagant idea. But I mean, really, if there aren't going to be many planes and these people are going to be going to these hotels I suppose it does make financial sense it was it was really interesting to hear him talk about that that's an enormous ask and and as you say it really is at the the luxury end of things um in terms of ideas what what did kind of more middle market um business operators have in mind when they were thinking about uh, getting back on track so Michael Vaughan is the manager and the owner of uh, Vaughan's Lodge in Lynch, and he's a fourth generation hotelier. So he, you know, was born into the whole business. And until last year, his hotel was 22 rooms. And then he added on another 10 and he took out a large loan to do that. He said to me that it had taken seven years to recover from the last recession after 2009. Um, and he's a former uh, president of the Irish Hotel Federation. So he's, you know, really is very familiar with all sorts of hotels within the country. And he reminded me of the fact that most hotels in Ireland are actually between 10 and 35 rooms. And they are in the main small family, uh, family owned, family run businesses. And they're not, it's, I suppose in the, in cities, sometimes we think we tend to think about the large chains and hotels that have dozens and dozens of rooms. But actually, 65% of the hotels in the country are these smaller ones. And it's those hotels that will really struggle in whatever is ahead. 
you know, he said he'd been talking to colleagues in Donegal and Kerry and Connemara, and they may not open this year because due to whatever measures have to be put in place with social distancing, it just wouldn't be possible for them to open. He also pointed out that if you have a four-star rating, you have a hotel on uh, sorry, you have a restaurant on site, and that brings its own challenges about how you open that and manage to make, I mean, can you possibly make a profit when you've got to have half the tables there? And Vaughan's Lodge in Lahinch, like many others on the coast, gets a lot of its uh, guests from the American golfing market. And those tend to be a lot of groups, so friends traveling together. So he pointed out that lots of those people would be sharing twin rooms, but they wouldn't necessarily, they'd be friends, they wouldn't necessarily be from the same family. And that's going to pose a challenge because he anticipates that people will want their own room now. So if you're traveling by yourself, a double occupancy room will have to be single occupancy. So again, that has an impact on the amount of um, profit that you're going to make. And, you know, he's got 20, 32 rooms now, but you want more than 32 people in the 32 rooms. So that's a challenge. And then, you know, as he said to me, we're the hospitality industry. We're not a hospital. So how do you navigate this very difficult um, line between reassuring your guests that it's a safe place for them to come? Um, while still maintaining uh, an atmosphere of hospitality and making it a, a hotel experience, because otherwise, wh- why would you want to leave home? So he was saying, should we bring out what is usually back of house and invisible? People don't see um, how rooms are cleaned and what people wear. Should we have those people front of house? Should we have everybody wearing masks? So it's a challenge that hoteliers all around the country, if not around the world, are going to be facing. And I think creative thinking is going to play a part in it. But there are facts that can't be changed, like the footprints of hotels and the size of rooms and corridors and things that, you know, can't be changed. So it's a it's a difficult it's a difficult time. Uh, Rosita, as you say, a, a lot of them would uh, be dependent on the US market. Um, have they taken a serious look at uh, other markets uh, for, for this year, including the, the Irish market? Well, of course. I mean, the, the hope is that they will get five weeks out of the season with if people can, if hotels can open in the last week in July, they will all be looking to try and tap into the domestic market and of course I asked about price and Mark Nolan Stromoland who who had said that a room would be 650 a night he said well people we'd be looking at half that and initially anyway and also encouraging people to stay longer because another challenge will be um, the process of cleaning a room once a guest leaves because the cleaning staff won't go into that room until the next day and it probably won't be used by another guest until the day after. So again, there are the rooms are not going to be filled to capacity, so it makes more sense for people to stay longer. Michael Vaughan said that he saw prices going back to where they were 10 years ago. Um, that'll be in the short term. Everybody will be trying very hard to attract uh, the Irish market 
and they hope that people will be, particularly in coastal Ireland and rural Ireland, that people will be in cities um, will be absolutely dying to get out and uh, be in the countryside and uh, by the ocean and get out of urban settings, even if we can't leave the country, but you can go to somewhere lovely and have that experience. It's just how they actually deliver that is still the unknown quantity. Thanks very much, Rosita. My thanks to Suzanne Brennan, who produced today's podcast. And thanks for listening. Stay up to date with the latest developments at irishtimes.com. We'll be back tomorrow.